in Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the, the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? everybody and welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host Arthur Stone and with me as always is your co-host Andy Hart. Hi, <laughs> Andy. Oh, uh, welcome back to the bunker. Look at you, you big old peppermint. <laughs> I am spicy and sweet. <laughs> You're a treat. I put me in your mouth. I'm curiously strong. <laughs> um Speaking of curiously strong things, Andy, uh, today's topic is curiously strong <laughs> and curious. Strongly curious. It's strong. Thank you. There you go. Listeners, I'm running on fumes. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> My sleep schedule is messed up. Art's become nocturnal. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little uh, feral child. Yeah. Which is so fitting. So fitting. Why? For today's topic. Uh, today, we are discussing the mysterious case of Casper Hauser, the mystery boy who appeared in Nuremberg. <laughs> mystery boy. <laughs> I like that. He's not a superhero, though. Or no. Well, is he? We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Uh, Andy, this is a this is a fun little history mystery uh, how would you categorize it? For uh, it's a story about an unusual person uh, <laughs> with an undetermined past and a strange end to his life. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. It's a mystery that's that's been unsolved for 200 years. That's right. It takes place in the late 1800s. Great years. Right? Early. Early? Yeah. Oh. Early to mid. Oh, okay. I'm getting my numbers confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't know numbers that well. <laughs> no, I don't know numbers that well. But uh, listeners, you know, it, it's a weird little tale yeah. about a weird little dude in a weird little time in a weird little place. So it's called a lot, Bavaria. It's a lot like this podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Two weird little dudes <laughs> in a weird little place <laughs> in a weird, weird time. If you, the listeners, would like to go right to that research, you can't wait. To hear about Casper Hauser. You don't want to hear us do our silly intro bit that you don't like and you don't think is funny. <laughs> you don't need to hear us shoehorn this in. Yeah, that's right. This gimmicky bit that we do. <laughs> that's right. You can go straight to it. There is a timestamp in the show notes. You can skip right ahead like it never happened and go right to it. It's in the show notes. Check it. Take a moment. I'll give you, you a can... moment. That 
was your moment. That was your moment to go check. Now, forget all your troubles, (laughs) forget all your cares, and go downtown (laughs) to where the timestamp directed you. Downtown (laughs) to where the research starts. Downtown. (laughs) Everything's waiting for you. Listeners, I wish you could see Andy's arm movements as he sings uh, show tunes. (laughs) (laughs) That's the sound of my arms unfurling. From the they only elbow. they only move at the elbow. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> Above the elbow, perfectly still. <laughs> uh, listeners, as always, Andy and I are going to tell you how we got captured this week by Mister Bunker. <laughs> it's a return to form. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. been a little while, right? Right. Uh, but things are kind of same way they've always things been. Are back to what's become the normal. Back in black. I hate to say it. <laughs> I don't know what the words are. Yeah, I've been too long. Something yeah. into something. Yeah, I don't remember. Cut loose from the noose. <laughs> Is that footloose? Bob Scott was in footloose. footloose. <laughs> if ACDC did all the music for footloose. The footloose! <laughs> the footloose! Dirty deeds! <laughs> oh, yeah! Thunder cheap. Dirty deeds and the thunder cheap. Uh, <clears throat> speaking of the dirty deeds, Andy, oh boy, Bunker did some dirty deeds today, huh? Oh yeah, he, <laughs> yes he did. You want to hear how I got captured? Yeah, or lay it on me. Let me tell you, I'm in, I'm in, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Andy, it's 2020. We, we know both that. Uh huh. We both know that. Mm-hmm. It's 2020. It's a new year. It's a new, new decade. Year. Well. Unless you're some kind of friggin' neckbeard who's going to be like, well, actually, the new year doesn't start until 2021. Well, you know what I say to you, neckbeard? Yeah. Uh, yeah, if we count from year one, then yes, the this that technically a decade, if you count from there. But honestly, any decade is just any 10-year period. I could count decades from 1995 to 2005 to 2015. Friggin' neckbeards. Neckbeards. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Just fucking shut up. We don't care. Shut Key- up. Keyboard warriors, go back to your fucking hovels. Get into your basements and shut up. Yeah, we're we're stuck in a bunker, but at least we're not stuck in a fucking basement. basement. You know, and we don't leave. Sure, uh, this is below grade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're underground. This okay. Isn't up to code. <laughs> it's not waterproof. <laughs> <laughs> there aren't acceptable fire escapes. The toilet is open faced. <laughs> but at least we're not in our mom's basement. Hey. Uh Andy, it's 2020, and what do people want to do when it's the new year? They got resolutions. They want to get in shape. Shape. They want to get into shape, Andy. Shapes you can orient, not shapes you can't orient. Think about that. I don't want to get into a like a wormhole shape. I want to get into a triangle. Square. <laughs> You're I trying heard... to become more square. I'm trying to become more square. Yeah, good idea. I'm already quite square personality wise. I want my body to fit. I want yeah. to be as wide as I am tall. Yeah. <laughs> you want to be a real a real chode. Well, you know what they say. What's that? Like how people look like the dogs that they own. <laughs> people look like their penises. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> As girthy as it is long. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Which is that much. Uh, I heard about this new thing, Andy. It's called Bikram Yoga. You ever heard of Bikram Yoga? It was kind of popular in your heyday. Uh, yeah, I think that... Uh, when you were scamping around town. I think he taught a math class at Ohio State I was in. What the fuck? Oh, wait. Bikram? 
Yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Oh. Bikram Yoga? Yeah, Bikram Yoga. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, What yeah. were you thinking of? I was thinking of uh, Bikram Honeycut. I don't even want to know. Uh, Andy, turns out the guy who ran Bikram Yoga for all those years, who was mm-hmm. a bit of a fraud and a sexual assaulter. Oh. I mean, allegedly. Right. I guess technically confirmed. Well, anyway, I saw it in a documentary. He fled the country and no one ever went after him. Um, so I guess in a way he is, he was convicted of certain charges, work, workplace abuse for sure. Mm. But, uh, anyway, it was all in a documentary on Netflix. So, and that's what attracted you to this style of yoga. Well, no. So I did what any good millennial would do. And I said, well, I want all the positives of that, but I don't actually want to support that guy. Gotcha. So I'm going to find something that's in the same, similar, but then I can, then I can, I can signal out to everybody what a good person I am by gotcha. not supporting him, right? Vinyasa, <laughs> Namaste. Uh, so I saw this little place down the street. It's called Bunkram Yoga. <laughs> oh, and I thought Bunkram, Bikram, Bunkram, Bikram, Bikram, Bunkram. Well, I see where this Oprah, is. Oprah, Uma, <laughs> Bunkram, Bikram. <laughs> wow, a Letterman reference. <laughs> yeah. To his ill-fated Oscars hosting turn. <laughs> this seems like a bad idea. You went to Bunkram Yoga? I, I mean, what's wrong with that? Don't you see anything inherently wrong with that name? Bunkram? I think somebody wanted to copy the Bikram style and change the I to you. Mm. But there's also an N, Bunk. Otherwise, it'd be Buckram. Touche. Touche namaste. Uh, I decided to sign up for a class, Andy. You know what? I've never taken a yoga class before. I figure, you know what? It's good for you. Mm -hmm. And I could do with it, you know? Yeah. Great for your flexibility. Yeah, I've never been to a yoga class. I'm not like you. You're a yoga connoisseur. I don't know about that. (laughs) You love to go yoga classes and fart up a storm. (laughs) Uh, Let's be honest. Anywhere I go, I'm farting up a storm. (laughs) But you did. You've gone to yoga before, and you've uh, passed yeah, gas. Mostly Pilates. Oh. Oh fuck! This fucking abduction story sucks. Sorry. So full of holes. I used to go to Pilates classes. Normally, regularly. these these abduction stories are so airtight. Yeah. And you're just fucking popping I'm, holes in mine left and right. I'm sorry. I guess I'm in a mood. You know what, Andy? I decided before my class, before I go to the studio. Yeah. I've never been to a yoga class before. I don't okay. know what I'm supposed to fucking wear. Like, I'm not just going to show up in shorts and a t-shirt. Why not? I don't know. You're supposed to wear those, like, leotard things. You don't have or to. Or yoga pants. Well, So you want to dress like a yogi. I wanted. I want to fit in, Andy. This is bunkroom yoga. I dress a lot like Yogi the Bear, where I only have a <laughs> collar and a tie, and I'm completely naked the rest of my body. I thought you were going to say you were wearing a full taxidermied bear suit. No, no. Just a collar and a tie. <laughs> a collar and and a tie. completely nude. And, and a, a hat. hat. And, and a hat. hat. Yes. And a hat. The hat adds a lot. And then I swipe some big nigga baskets. <laughs> Can I get a big nigga basket? <laughs> That's just for Andy and I. Yeah. And a few other listeners. Yeah. Anyway, so I decided to head to Lululemon's uh, to buy some yoga pants and a mat. Is that I like a know. knockoff of Lululemon? No, I, th- I don't know. I think it's Lululemon. <laughs> you just added the extra. You just pluralized it. I just pluralized okay. it. That's what I do. That is a thing you do. I'm looking around. I don't know. I, I know they have a men's section somewhere in that store, but I don't know what the fuck I'm looking at, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, I've never been to one of these stores before, so obviously, you know, I look like I don't belong there. Yeah. And I look like I'm lost. And an employee comes up behind me and says, you know, sir, do you need some help? Mm-hmm. So I turn around. It's Bunker. 
Wait. Bunker was there at the Lululemon. He had the little headset on. He had a little clipboard. Bunker's at the Lululemon? Bunker's at the Lululemon. I'm saying, what the hell are you doing here? What about, what about Bunkram? I said that. I said, you know, what about Bunkram? And he's like, what are you talking about? He didn't. He, he says, didn't. I've been putting in time at Lululemon part-time to pay off some loans. What? I said, what the fuck? He took a job? He took a part-time job at Lululemon. How does he get paid? Did he have to give him the social security number? I think Lululemon stole an identity. I think either stolen identity or Lululemon's is paying him under the table. Under the yoga mat, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Fringe benefits. Oh my god. Anyway, he rolled me up in a yoga mat and took me right out. <laughs> Turns out Bunkroom Yoga, totally legit. Did you go to a class? No. Oh, you've been here. I guess you're right. I guess I don't know. You've been here. I've been here. I don't know yeah, you if didn't it's go. I don't know if it's uh You just assumed because he didn't he acted like he didn't know. Could have just been a front. Jeez Louise. He could have set up an entire yoga studio just to capture me. God, who would guess him getting a job? Bizarre. 2020 is going to be a weird year for the bunker. <laughs> Did he say what? why he needed the money for those loans? What he got he the money for? He just said loans. Hmm. So I think he's in some Gam debt problems. Gambling. gambling. He's got some collectors after him. Who knows? I don't know mm -hmm. if he's a gambler. Do you think he's a gambler? Hmm. Look like a gambling man? I guess not. Yeah. Probably took out a lot of loans to build this bunker. Oh, the bunker, all the extravagant things that he builds to capture us. I mean, he built an entire amusement <laughs> yeah. park. That's yeah. not cheap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I think about it, he's probably spent close to a billion dollars <laughs> just on elaborate costumes yeah. and setups for us. Yeah. I mean, he has things that don't even exist. Think of all the business licenses he's he's had to take out to create fake he has businesses. A CDL. Yeah. <laughs> You got to take classes. You got to put in hours. Yeah. I mean, he could have had that before. Yeah. But still. I'm pretty sure he has a pilot's license somewhere. Yeah. There. Yeah. He's, I mean, I mean, it's, yeah. Wild stuff. But anyway, that was me. That's my 2020. Wow. I wish I had some 2020 vision. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you could have that, seen that coming. See through that scam. Yeah. Um. Well, it sounds like you're off to a bad start to the year. And yeah. frankly, I'm not much better. Oh. Um. Art, it's wintertime here. In the Chicago area. That's true. And there is snow currently outside. There's snow. It's chilly. And I feel like I need some winter recreation. I mean, who doesn't like, I mean, I'm not an ice skater. Really? Winter recreation. I don't play hockey. No. You, you are not a hockey guy, mm, even a little mm, bit. Mm, it's too much work. You can't. Too uh, much work. You can't uh, drive a uh, 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 a snowmobile around, <laughs> or a city. zamboni. Yeah, or a zamboni. They frown upon it. <laughs> so I did what any reasonable person would do, and I grabbed my sled and I went to the sledding hill at the nearby park. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I have decent memories of sledding as a child. Yeah, one time I went sledding on a big hill in the okay. park and I decided to slide mm. down face first on my belly. Nice. And I crashed face first into a piece of plywood that somebody had buried under the snow. Oh, nice. And I busted my lip wide open. Sweet. Very cool. Yeah. Well, I was doing most of the busting because, you know, there's a bunch of these little, you were busting a nut. Don't be kids out there. Don't be kids. Oh yeah. You're, 
These fucking push them kids. out of the way. I'm like, get out of the way. Get and they're out of the struggling way. on the sled hill. Meanwhile, I have got so much momentum. I'm just ramming them over. Oh, yeah. So I'm sledding up and down this hill. I'm having a great time. Parents are mad at me. Oh, yeah. But I am having so much fun. You're a bad boy. You're king of the hill. Yeah. You're Hank Hill. Somebody from the crowd, you know, of assembled like Boggle. onlookers, Bogle, comes over and walks to the very bottom of the hill on my on my on a run that I'm on. Yeah. I'm sliding down. And you're the trying hill. to get your personal best. You don't yeah. need people in your head. Yeah, yeah. And you're this guy's yourself. standing right at the bottom, right in my path, and I'm like, what in the frick is this guy doing? You're getting peeved. I'm getting peeved. I'm getting so PO'd. And this guy all of a sudden, he opens his mouth and he lays down flat on the ground and he unhinges his jaw <laughs> and his jaw becomes larger than my body. <laughs> my God. And as I slide closer, I'm like, I'm going to I'm going to truck this fool with my sled. But the jaw just keeps expanding and I just slide right into his maw. And as I'm sliding in, I realize it's Bunker. Oh, my God. It's Bunker. He Alaskan bullwormed you. So he clamps down his jaws and swallows me into his tummy. <laughs> and then he waddles back here to the Bunker Holy and shit. gives live birth to me through his anus. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. That's fucking disgusting. Yeah, it was gross. He didn't clear his colon before he ate me either. <laughs> Much like a gun, you have to clear your colon. Yeah, you clear clean the chamber. It, clean it. Do an enema. <laughs> if you're going to do this to me, do an enema. Do an enema. Mr. People, Bunker. please do an enema. Everyone, for your health, for your partner, for everyone in your life, do an enema. Holy shit. He gave live birth through your anus. Yeah. Was David Attenborough there, like commenting on it? <laughs> I wish. Here we have. <laughs> Yeah, we see. I don't. I he's British. Yeah, I don't know if I do a good David. I don't think though. either of us do. He's yeah. just like a proper old British chap. Here we have Mister Bunker in his natural habitat. See as he's bending down, straining the veins on his forehead, nearly bursting as he's plopping out, pa passing a full-grown man through his anus. <laughs> this is truly incredible. Wow! Not only did he stretch out his mouth. To fucking physically inhale you like a Kirby. <laughs> yeah. He shat you out like a Yoshi. Yeah, he Kirbyed me on the front end and Yoshied me on the back. But no egg. <laughs> no eggshell. No eggshell. This was a mammalian birth. Mammalian birth. <laughs> Live birth. Oh, God. The fluids and oh, God. So, Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, I came into the bunker and I was like, what the fuck is all this shit everywhere? Now you know. And all this uh, embryonic fluid. <laughs> yeah. 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 I for <laughs> He formed a placenta for me also. Holy shit, dude. What the fuck is he doing with <laughs> gene splicing? Like he obviously spliced himself with a snake or something. Yeah, it's weird. And like, I don't know, like a beaver or some other kind of mammal. Yeah, there was a placenta full of uh, caffeine-free diet Dr. Pepper. <laughs> it was great. Perfect for keeping you healthy. Yeah. That's what you need. <laughs> That's what I need. The fuel that keeps me going. Holy shit, dude. Alive birth. Yeah. <laughs> and I was only in there for a little while. That's so fucked up. <laughs> That's seriously so messed up. Yeah.
How the fuck aren't you traumatized? You seem chill as hell about it. Look, I've seen those videos of a live birth. You're, I mean, I have a child. You're hopped up on a... I've seen a person give birth before. <laughs> you, But you got birthed. Yeah. You've been born again. Yeah. I have seen the light. Oh, my God. Well, Andy, it's you're ready to start a new life, I guess. Yeah. New, new year, new me. <laughs> ready to start again. You're ready to start again. New year, new year, just like our topic today, Andy. The, th- the theme for me for this year is rebirth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, just like our topic today, Andy, you are going to start a new life. Yes. You showed up, you were born again, and in a similar sense, Kasper Hauser showed up. And, <laughs> Kasper Hauser. And, uh, and just kind of showed up places and started doing some weird stuff. Yeah, showed up. Claiming was he was X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And nobody to this day knows what the hell he actually was. Nobody really knows the truth. Well, let's get down to the truth. Yeah, let's figure it out. Let's find. Let's let's give our listeners the whole friggin' enchilada on this, Andy. We're about to uh, serve it up hot and fresh here in the bunker. Here, right now, this is Casper Hauser. The what do you the mystery of Casper Hauser? Casper Hauser. The curious case of Casper Hauser. gone on record repeatedly on this podcast as finding Casper the Friendly Ghost exceptionally attractive. (laughs) Yes, Andy, I truly believe that Casper is a hot, sexy, incredibly fuckable ghost. Not my fault. They drew him that way. That's true. If I could be visited by any spirit ghost or ghoul sexually, Andy, I definitely hope it's Casper. Okay. It gets me wound up thinking about being awakened from a sound sleep by a twerking Casper the Friendly Ghost winking at me, licking his ghost lips. Ready for sexual spectral action about to take place, Andy. On record, yeah. On record, here we are. It's official. Okay. Well, put away your erection. I'll try. Because today we're not talking about a ghost. We're talking about a different Casper. Mm. Casper the Friendly Mystery Team. Oh, Today we're going to tell you all the tale of the curious case of Casper Hauser. This is a story that takes us back a while, all the way back to 1828. On May 26, 1828, in Nuremberg, Bavaria, in modern-day Germany, a hobbled, haggard teen boy appeared in the city. A local cobbler, George Weichmann, watches the boy as he walks down the street in front of Weichmann's shop. Weichmann observes the boy's limp and his tattered clothing, so he assumes the boy must be ill. Weichmann approaches and offers to help the lad. The mystery boy hands Weichmann a letter addressed to the captain of the 4th Squadron, 6th Cavalry Regiment in Nuremberg. Weichmann helps the boy by calling on the captain at the nearby guardhouse, where they get the captain's home address, where the duo promptly goes. As this portion of the story proves, listeners, you should never share your address with anyone because they might send shoemakers and mysterious teens to your door. I don't know, dude. Sounds like an erotic adventure is about to ensue. Okay. Take this piece of arty advice, kids at home. Give your address out to as many people as possible. A stranger is just a friend you haven't met yet. 
Anyway, Vikeman okay. and the teen are admitted to the captain's house by a servant. When they wait for the captain to return, the servant gives them some refreshments. The boy destroys a loaf of bread and downs a pitcher of water, all while totally ignoring the ham and beer on the table. I don't know. It seems like a mistake to me. The I boy does some... <laughs> you, you would... I mean, you devour the whole thing, you right? Know? Yeah. That table's... The, the, the furniture might be in trouble. <laughs> the boy does some other curious things, too, Andy, at the captain's house. And not anything like the curious things I do in the bathrooms of my friends' houses. Thank God for the captain. <laughs> the boy notices a candle and tries to grab the flame, burning himself. The boy was also fascinated by a grandfather clock, treating the pendulum as if it were alive. Vikeman and the servant ask the strange boy some questions, but they don't find out much. The boy only answers questions with Weissnicht, which means don't know or I don't know. Finally, the captain arrives at his house where he finds his servant let in some cobbler and a weird kid. <laughs> uh, performance review incoming, am I right? <laughs> Somebody's getting docked. <laughs> Their pay. Uh, the captain opens the letter addressed to him, which actually turns out to be two separate letters. The first letter is allegedly penned by the person who sent the boy to Nuremberg. In the letter, the author claims that the boy was brought to him on October 7th, 1812, by the boy's mother, who asked the author to care for the boy. The author claims that he is a poor laborer and has children of his own and so was unable to provide a good life for the boy. Naturally, the author's solution to this problem was to never let the boy outside so the boy would never know where he was raised. I mean, that's what we'd all do in that situation. The author also claims to have taken the boy out to head to Nuremberg at night so that the boy would not be able to find the way back to where he was raised. The letter asks the captain to let the boy join the army or to hang him. Sweet, right? Aw. Yeah. Aw. Aw. <laughs> here's, here's this kid I raised. Either let him in the army or kill him. Aw. 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 The second letter is allegedly written by the boy's mother and is dated October 1812. The letter gives instructions to the boy's caretaker, if he so can be called that. Uh, that is uh, the man who wrote the first letter. This letter claims the boy's birthday is April 30th, 1812, that the boy was baptized and that his name is Casper. The author says it is up to the man to give the boy a surname. Further, the letter says the boy's father was a cavalry soldier but died. The letter tells the man to keep the boy until he turns 17, then to take him to the 6th Cavalry Regiment in Nuremberg, where the boy's father served. As the captain reads the letters, the boy, who has said very little to this point, suddenly shouts out, I want to be a soldier like my father, and horse, horse, except he would probably have a German accent. Horse, horse! <laughs> we can only assume the captain didn't take up the boy on his offer of a basketball contest because the captain sends the boy to the police station. Basketball having not yet been invented, of course. Right, of course. At the police station, some new information begins to come to light. First, the police ask the boy to write his name, which he does, shakingly scrawling Casper Hauser on the sheet. The police ask Casper additional questions, but these are met with, a, uh, with, with, the, with the now familiar answer, Weissnicht. I don't know. The police sergeant wrote down some observations about Hauser. One, the limp exhibited by Hauser was uh, caused by clusters of blisters on his feet, which were otherwise smooth as baby's feet. Mm. Two, Hauser's clothes were too big for him, but his boots were too small. 
In fact, Hauser's toes had popped out in the front of the boots and were caked in blood. Three, Hauser had on his person the following possessions. A packet of salt, a rosary, and two religious pamphlets. The police kept Hauser in the cell that night, and the jailer with the night watch noticed a few more things about this weird little Casper Hauser guy. He could sit extremely still for long periods of time, not moving and not sleeping. And he prefers darkness to light and could move around in the dark like a cat. Eventually, the police had a doctor come and examine Hauser. The doctor determined that Hauser's ability to sit still for so long was due to distorted knee joints caused by sitting with his legs straight out in front of him for extended periods as a child. The doctor also decided that this condition accounted for Hauser's appearance when he walked, which some sources described as similar to a toddler, with his feet kept flat going straight up and down from the ground. In the doctor's opinion, Hauser had been deprived of almost any personal or social development. This stands in sharp contrast to me, of course, who has simple, who has ample opportunities for both personal and social development, mm-hmm. but ignores them and, in fact, uh, retreats from them at any given chance. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Andy. That is you. <laughs> the end result, though, is the same. A simple person with a limited scope of experience and knowledge. Wow. Summed yourself up. Man, I'm just getting roasted left and right. <laughs> The doctor also observed that Hauser saw better in the dark than in the light and exhibited heightened senses of hearing and smell. The doctor tested Hauser and found that he was able to identify animals and trees by their scent alone. Hauser continued to reside at the jail with his cell becoming like a zoo. As the good folks of Nuremberg flocked to gawk as Hauser ate bread, drank water, and went pee-pee and poo-poo. Oh. Hauser became a local celebrity for his mysterious and possibly horrible upbringing. In fact, the story of Caspar Hauser spread throughout Europe, getting tongues wagging across the continent. While in custody, Hauser's vocabulary steadily expanded, and he was eventually able to tell more people about his own life in his own words. Caspar said the following about himself. He didn't know who he was exactly or where he came from. His whole life, he had lived in a hole. In the hole... He sat on a bed of straw on the ground. He had never heard anything really and had never seen a vivid light. He periodically received bread and water, though he never saw the face of the man who provided him these things. Sometimes the water he was given tasted funny, and after drinking this funny tasting water, he would fall asleep. When he woke up, he found his straw had been changed and his hair and nails had been cut. His only toys were two wooden horses and a wooden dog. One day... The man put a table over Casper's feet. The table had a piece of paper on it, and the man showed Casper the marks to make to write his name, which Casper dutifully imitated after the man left. The man then taught Casper how to stand and how to walk. Next, the man carried Casper out of his hole. Casper's memory gets a bit spotty after that, but the next thing he knows, he's walking into Nuremberg. With all this new detail, the police in Nuremberg uh, offer a reward for any more information on Hauser's origin. They also mount a search for Hauser's hidey hole, which they ultimately never locate. Speculation begins to run wild that Caspar Hauser is the child, legitimate or otherwise, of a European noble. The basic idea is that his birth was a problem for somebody with at least a little power, so they had poor Caspar isolated and confined until such time uh, as his identity could be obscured and he was no lo- he no longer posed a threat. Or 
Maybe he was just a scandalous love child that was hidden away until nobody would care. Regardless of his true origins, Hauser uh, becomes a ward of the city and is placed under the guardianship of Professor George Frederick Dauma, a prominent educationalist and philosopher, and allegedly not a cannibal. <laughs> so he says. So he says. Professor Daumer works to expand Casper's mind, much like Professor Xavier, <laughs> helping the boy develop his artistic talents. Hauser eventually grows to uh, do intricate pencil drawings. Daumer even helps Casper, or Hauser write his autobiography. When the autobiography is released, it's, well, it's kind of a dud, and it's not very popular, mainly because it reveals absolutely no information on Hauser whatsoever. Just as it seems the public spotlight is moving away from Casper Hauser, on October 7th, 1829, all eyes are once again on the mystery man as Hauser is found lying on the floor of Professor Dalmer's cellar, unconscious and bleeding from a cut on the forehead. When Hauser regains consciousness, he describes being attacked while dropping a deuce in the privy by a tall, sinister-looking man wearing a top hat, black silken mask, dark clothes, and black gloves. Now... I have my own hypothesis here, okay? Okay. It's painfully obvious to me that the man also has a long mustache that curled at the ends and was almost undoubtedly Snidely Whiplash. Hmm. Unfortunately, though, Casper Hauser had never heard of Dudley Do-Right and could not identify his assailant, who Casper says hit him with a heavy bludgeon and disappeared. Hauser also said the attacker told him that he must die before leaving Nuremberg. Hauser said the assailant's voice was the same as the man who raised him. Several people nearby Dalmer's residence claimed to have seen someone suspicious outside Dalmer's house, but a police search did not locate the attacker. After the attack, the authorities in Nuremberg moved Hauser to a different location for his safety. A new guardian was also appointed, Anselm Rito von Feuerbach. Yeah, von Feuerbach. Von Feuerbach. President of the Bavarian Court of Appeals. Von Feuerbach had interviewed Hauser while he was being held in the jail and determined that, in his opinion, Hauser was telling the truth about his history. Then, on April 3rd, 1830, a shot was heard coming from Hauser's room in his new lodgings. Caretakers rushed in to find that Hauser appeared to have been shot in the right side of his head. When asked about the incident, Hauser said that he climbed on the chair to get some books, fell off the chair, knocked a pistol off the wall while falling, which caused the discharge of the weapon, which caused his injury. After another change in lodgings, von Feuerbach died in May of 1833. At the time of his death, he was working on a detailed report about Caspar Hauser. Von Feuerbach's thesis was that Hauser must have been a natural-born child of a European royal, because no one other than a royal would have motive and means to do what, alleg- they, what was allegedly done to Hauser. In his report, though, Von Feuerbach never names the exact royal or even a noble family. Despite this, some still believe that von Feuerbach didn't die from a stroke, as was reported, but was actually poisoned for getting too close to the truth. After von Feuerbach's death, Hauser is assigned a new custodian, Lord Stanhope, an Englishman. Stanhope asks the Nuremberg Council, and is allowed, to move Hauser to the town of Ansbach. In Ansbach, Captain Hickel, a military officer, is appointed to be Hauser's bodyguard. Then, on December 11, 1833, Hauser leaves his home in Ansbach, unaccompanied, 
to walk to the then snow-covered public park in Ansbach, the Hofgarten. Later in the day, Hauser stumbles through the door of his home, troubled by a deep knife wound in his abdomen. He says something to Hickel about a man stabbing him and to look for a purse. Hickel sets off for the Hofgarten, while others tend to Hauser. When Hickel arrives at the Hofgarten, he finds no evidence of the attacker's footprints in the snow, only Hauser's. Hickel does, however, find a silk purse with a note inside. The note was written backwards in mirror writing, and once translated, read, Hauser will be able to tell you how I look, whence I came from, and who I am. To spare him that task, I will tell you myself. I am from, on the Bavarian border, on the river. My name is M-L-O. That note, though, was kind of full of shit. Hauser did not know the assailant or where he came from. Further, Hauser said that he went to the Hofgarten because he was supposed to meet a man who had contacted him through a laborer. Once he got to the Hofgarten, Hauser said he was approached by a tall man with dark whiskers and a black cloak. I mean, come on. It's Snidely Whiplash. I explained to you already, before we started recording, Andy, Sidney Whiplash, Whiplash is a cartoon character. He's not real. Jesus, let it go already. Fuck. Oh. <laughs> well, anywho, Hauser described how the attack went down. The tall, dark stranger approached Casper and asks, Are you Casper Hauser? <laughs> Hauser nods. Yes. The man hands Casper the silk purse that was found. As Casper is looking at the purse, the man stabs him and then runs off. Hmm. Despite a manhunt, the assailant was never found. In fact, there were suspicions that Casper inflicted the wounds on himself for attention. Hauser was questioned after the stabbing, but repeatedly denied hurting himself. On December 17, 1833, Hauser slips into a coma and later dies from complications related to not being able to recover from a stab wound fast enough. His last words turn out to be, I didn't do it myself. After Casper passed away, three doctors conducted a post-mortem examination. Two of the doctors concluded that Casper's attacker was left-handed. One of the doctors even said he was sure Casper didn't stab himself. The life of Casper Hauser, fittingly, ended the same way he lived his entire life, shrouded in mystery. In the years since his death, many have tried to make sense of his, of this enigmatic character. And so, we will as well. Mm -hmm. Right now. Andy, who really was Casper Hauser? <sighs> That's a great question, Art. To be honest, nobody knows with certainty. Let's talk about some possibilities, though, okay? As we mentioned, a popular belief during Hauser's life is that he was descended from nobility, but was confined as a child because of some sort of scandal or succession issue. While von Feuerbach never named a specific person or family in his report, one popular opinion was that Casper was the son of Grand Duke Karl von Baden and Stephanie de Beauharnais. Stephanie de Beauharnais, of course, was adopted by Napoleon and then shipped off to marry the, grand, the very Grand Duke Karl himself in order for Napoleon to secure an alliance with Baden. Grand Duke Karl and Stephanie had a baby boy born September 29, 1812, but the baby died October 16, 1812. When the baby died, the Grand Duke was left without a male heir. So, when the Grand Duke died at the age of 32, the title of Grand Duke passed to his uncle, then his uncle's half-brother, Leopold. The story goes that the actual child Stephanie bore didn't die, 
but was switched with a dying baby. In this scenario, the actual true prince of Baden is Caspar Hauser. Proponents of this hypothesis speculate that the person behind the plot was Leopold's mother. So what does this possibly have going for it, right? For one mm -hmm. thing, von Feuerbach himself felt that Caspar was a victim of a royal plot. As we said earlier, von Feuerbach believes only royals would or could do something like this. He also believed that Caspar must have been a natural child because even royals wouldn't go to this kind of trouble for a bastard. If Caspar was trying to be concealed as part of a royal plot, this also helps to explain the assassination attempts made on Hauser. It may even explain von Feuerbach's death, which just happened to occur, occur while he was preparing his report on Hauser. How about the evidence against this hypothesis, though? Well, honestly, most scholars don't find this to be a credible possibility. Uh, even in 1876, a book was published which showed official documentation about the baby prince's birth, emergency baptism, death, burial, and autopsy. Most historians think this evidence is good enough to demonstrate that the baby wasn't switched. In order for the plan to work, almost all the royal family plus doctors and others would have to have been in on the plot. Additionally, letters written by Grand Duke Carl's mother, uh, which were published in 1951, support that the baby wasn't switched. Since we're talking about a baby here, let's not forget what babies are made of, right, Art? DNA. <laughs> DNA testing has been done by modern scientists on DNA recovered from items allegedly belonging to Caspar Hauser. In 1996, testing was done on some underwear believed to have belonged to Hauser. The DNA recovered from the undies was compared to DNA obtained against Baden family descendants. Much like the DNA you'll find in my underwear, this DNA did not match that of the royal family. But <laughs> testing was done in 2002 on some other clothing and items that supposedly belonged to Casper. Interestingly, though, uh, the DNA obtained in 2002 did not match the DNA obtained in 1996, calling into question the results of the 1996 test. 2002 samples underwent mitochondrial DNA testing and were compared to a sample obtained from one of Stephanie de uh, Boronet. What is Bo it? Boharnay. Boharnay. Stephanie de Boharnay's living relatives. Have we, as we have discussed on this podcast before, mitochondrial DNA is transmitted exclusively from mother to child. So if Casper was truly the child of Stephanie de Boharnay, the mitochondrial DNA from the living relative and from Casper should match. The testing showed, however, that Casper's DNA sequence was not identical to the de, to the, the de Boharnay descendant. It's muffled. <laughs> it also showed, though, that the sequences were not different enough to rule out a difference only due to, to a mutation. That said, the results also don't prove a match because the observed sequence is common in many German people. Outside of the royal possibility art, there are some folks who think that Kasper Hauser may have suffered from an undiagnosed medical condition, which might explain his odd behavior. One oft-suggested condition is epilepsy. Epilepsy is a neurological disorder that can lead sufferers to exhibit strange behaviors or have delusions. It's possible that Casper had undiagnosed epilepsy and just wandered off from home in a fog of confusion. Andy, I think we also have to address the possibility that Casper Hauser is just straight up lying. Mm, true. It's entirely possible that Casper, like you, 
just wanted attention and didn't care how he got it. Love me. <laughs> You're probably just saying to yourself, but Von Feuerbach thought Casper was genuine. How can you say he's a liar? Well, listeners, we're going to get you the whole enchilada on this, so let me explain. After his appearance in Nuremberg, Casper had several different guardians appointed and stayed with several different people. Almost everyone who spent extended time with Hauser eventually became frustrated with him for what they perceived was his untruthfulness. In fact, some people have questioned Hauser's condition. Given the extreme confinement he detailed, shouldn't his body be less well-developed? Wouldn't he be extremely atrophied? Why weren't his bones a mangled mess from rickets? If Hauser is telling the truth, surely a life of never moving, never going outside in sunlight, and only eating bread and water would result in a body that's fucked up to the extreme, and yet, doctors failed to find a bunch of fucked up shit in Casper's body. I think we, <clears throat> I think we also have to mention the possibility that I know, and I know you'll have a lot to say about this, Art. Uh, you are the Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast resident psychologist, after all. I have a degree. It's entirely possible that Casper Hauser was willing to hurt himself to get attention. Truly, Hauser may have even faked the attacks on himself, even to the point of causing his own death. Actions such as these are consistent with a syndrome called Munchausen's. Munchausen's is a factitious disorder, which is a type of disorder where a person believes themselves to be ill or injured and will go so far as to injure themselves to create the appearance of symptoms. Sufferers of factitious disorders typically have severe emotional difficulties and possibly personality disorders and behave the way they do mostly because they have a need to be seen as ill, not for a clear benefit such as wealth or fame. Munchausen's, uh, which, by the way, was named for the 18th century German officer who fought for the Russians in the Russo-Turkish War and gained a reputation for exaggerating the details of his military exploits, is the most severe type of factitious disorder. Hauser's behavior is not inconsistent with Munchausen's syndrome, as sufferers typically focus on physical symptoms of illness, which often leads to self-harm to create symptoms or for sympathy. In Casper Hauser's case, each so-called attack happened right after he was called out by somebody or got into an argument with a caretaker or guardian. These incidents were also related to Hauser's perceived prosperity or propens propensity yeah. for lying. Boy, I really debated about putting that word in the yeah, script. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> listeners, you know, I'm not the only one who has trouble reading certain things that Andy writes, okay? <laughs> the attempts on Casper's life definitely gave him attention and kept the public interested in his story. The attacks also garnered him sympathy and got him new lodgings each time. So he kind of just kept moving away from the issue, right? Listeners, I can hear you in my head. You're telling oh, me this enchilada needs a sprinkle of evidence, a uh, little evidence cilantro on top or something, you know what I'm saying? A little, a little squeeze of evidence juice. A little <laughs> squeeze of evidence, a little, little sliver of uh, fresh, ripe, Evidenciado. Uh, maybe we could grate a little evidence fresco on top. <laughs> That's right. Well, Chef already doesn't disappoint. Mm -mm. In the first attack on Hauser, where he was bludgeoned while uh, taking a shit in the cellar, the blood trail at Professor Daumer's house showed that Hauser went back to his room on the first floor before going back to the cellar. The speculation is that Hauser wasn't actually hit with a club but instead cut himself with a razor blade in the cellar, went back to his room to conceal the blade, then went back to the cellar. Just a reminder, 
This attack happened after Daumer got on Casper's case for lying. Then, when Casper was shot, his caretakers at the time doubted the wound he suffered was caused by a pistol at all. The wound was fairly superficial, according to the accounts. So while the pistol was definitely fired, Hauser wasn't necessarily struck by a bullet. Once again, the pistol incident followed a fight with his caretakers about lying. The stabbing that killed Casper Hauser was absolutely a real stab wound. The incident did, as before, follow incidents with his guardian or caretakers about repeated lying. So maybe Hauser's life after he arrived in Nuremberg was more fabrication than it first seemed. What about before he got to Nuremberg, though? Well, Casper may have exaggerated that bit, too. Analysis was done on the letters Casper originally had with him upon his arrival in Nuremberg. Handwriting experts determined that both letters were written by the same hand. The jury is still out on if Hauser wrote both letters, though, with some saying he did not write either letter, while some saying that he probably wrote both. At any rate, the evidence doesn't match the story that one letter was written by Hauser's mother and one by the man who raised him. Some others have also pointed out that the letters were addressed to the captain in Nuremberg, but that the captain was not in Nuremberg in 1812 when the letters were allegedly written. If it seems far-fetched that someone would fake being essentially imprisoned during their youth and pretend to be a totally backward and uncultured uh, person, well, maybe it's not as strange as you, th as you think. I'm looking at one right now. <laughs> Consider this. In 2011, a man named Ray showed up at a police station in Germany and claimed to be semi-feral after living alone in the forest for at least five years. After about a year of investigation, German police determined that Ray was actually a damn dirty Dutchman who left his boring, unfulfilling life with his tedious office job and decided to make it big by pulling off a sick prank against the unsuspecting Germans. And he effing got him, dude. Got him. Until they got him, oh, I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Found him out. Legends have it that because of this sick fucking prank, Ray left Germany and moved to Detroit Prank City, the pranking capital of the world. Man, that was a sick prank. Germany got funked. Funked. Y'all remember funked? My now defunct YouTube prank show? Nope. Okay, okay, well, anyway. Art, even with all these different angles on the Casper Hauser mystery, we haven't really brought up one kind of obvious possibility, which is that Casper Hauser was legitimately the victim of severe abuse in his childhood. I don't think that it's a stretch to say that such an extreme confinement during a child's development would surely produce an adult who doesn't seem like other adults. Casper would have had no connection to the societal norms of his time, or any time for that matter, being completely deprived of human contact and almost all mental stimulation for your entire youth is almost certain to create someone less well-adjusted than even you yourself, Art. Huh? Sorry, what? Uh, I wasn't paying attention. I was cubing. Rubik's cubing. Just read the script. Oh, right, 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 right. Script. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Andy, I am a maladjusted weirdo who creeps out everyone I meet. Yes, thank you. What the fuck? You write that just because I've spent my entire paycheck on cube lube? Just because I haven't been outside in 10 days and I put 80 hours into Red Dead Redemption 2 in a week? Fuck you, dude. You used to be cool. Not. Okay. Neat. 
Some of that wasn't even written in the script. <laughs> Can we just keep going? Fine, fine, we'll keep going. Because I'm a professional. Truly. Listeners, we can't rule out the possibility that Casper Hauser exhibited maybe even a mixture of some or all of the conditions and or circumstances we've described so far. So who was Casper Hauser really? Despite advanced testing and the passage of time, no answer seems totally clear. Perhaps Hauser's gravestone in the Ansbach Cemetery says it best. His birth was unknown, his death mysterious. Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. Hey, listeners, this is Art. I'm here with Andy. Hey, how's it going? (laughs) Hey, uh, we just really quick wanted to say thank you for listening. We appreciate that you take time out of your day and spend it with us. And... If you feel so inclined, all we ask is that if you're enjoying the show, maybe share it with a friend. Tell your friends. Have them take a take a listen. Maybe they'll enjoy it too. Anyway. Sh- spread the love. Spread the love and let's get back to the show. Catch you later. Hey, welcome back, listeners. That was our research of Kaspa Hausa. Kaspa Hausa. Kaspa Hausa, Andy. I think my gravestone is going to read bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to have a gravestone. Oh, that's right. You're going to be cremated. I don't want to be cremated either. I want to donate my body to science. Ugh. No, science doesn't need your body. <laughs> you know what's funny? is that's Maybe what I, they do to find know, out how to make sure you never happen again. Well, here's what Amanda told me. That Amanda being Andy's wife. My wife. She said, my wife. I, 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 uh, she said that. Uh, medical schools often need corpses for med med students to practice on. So it's a very uh, it's a helpful thing actually to donate your body to science. You'll be able to teach a ton of different classes because well, you have a plethora I, of things wrong with you. Variety of issues in my body. But here's what else she told me is that I'm too fat to donate my body to science because I will be too costly to ship and will take up. <laughs> We'll take up too much space at the at the medical school. You cost extra shipping. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. That's... So I got to get in shape before I die. She fucking roasted your dead ass. It's not even a roast. She wasn't even trying to be mean. She's just matter-of-factly like, well, they won't take your body. <laughs> Med students don't have the time to cut through all that, that fat. They want to just get to the good stuff. <laughs> Roasting your dead ass, my dude. <laughs> Woo! Coming oh. at you hot. Oh, let me tell you, I get no respect. Uh, Andy, who the fuck is this Casper Hauser fellow? Man, huh? he is a weird, mysterious man. He's a little trickster, I He's think. Tr- oh, you think so? You know, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't convinced by a lot of the stuff here. I got to tell you, my gut reaction. Yeah. When I look at all this evidence together, my gut reaction is to say. This guy's a liar. He's a liar. He's freaking lying the whole time. But every time something happens, he freaking gets out of it by he starts to not get famous. You know, people stop caring about him. 
whatever. And then he, oh, he gets attacked. He's lying. He's a little Dennis the Menace. But then I started to think about it, Art. There's the butt. He probably did have Munchausen's. There was no way they didn't. They couldn't have diagnosed it then. Mm, I don't know. I'm not convinced. You're not convinced. Well, he probably had something. He had some kind of. Uh, it was some kind of mental He's disorder. Definitely, there's some kind of delusion going on. There. Yeah, maybe he did have epilepsy. Maybe he did. I don't know. I mean, I, I listen. I know I'm the resident psychology expert. I do have a degree. <laughs> yes, I have a degree in psychology. I know, which makes me I can armchair diagnose anyone I see right, fit. Right. So tell us what you think about Casper Browser. When I think Munchausen's, I usually think like um, there's that documentary on HBO and I think um, they did like even, I think some other service like Hulu did a series on it. Uh, fuck, I'm forgetting their names, but it was like the mother who had, she she ate, uh, had Munchausen by proxy mm -hmm. where you hurt somebody else. You hurt usually typically your child and right. you fake illnesses for your child. Right. And it's usually in order to gain tons of sympathy and free shit. And mm -hmm. like, you know, right. she uh, confined her daughter to a wheelchair her entire life, forced her daughter to wear uh, corrective lenses. And these people can even convince doctors that they need yeah. surgeries. They really can like people think like there's no it's like they'll just keep they'll find a fucking doctor who will do it. I actually watched this documentary. Oh, you did? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's it? You know uh, what's it called? Do you remember what it's called? No, I can't remember what it's called. Or what the people's names are called? Um, I can't remember. Off I'm sure if you just search. Uh, we're 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 looking. Um, Jillian Flynn, Mommy Dead Gypsy and Dearest, Gypsy Rose, Gypsy Rose, yeah, Gypsy Rose, Rose Mommy Dead and Dearest. That's it. Dee Dee Blanchard, yes, Gypsy Gypsy Rose and Dee Dee. Uh, and and like, I mean, she, so many things on this poor child. She had none of it, and she told her all these different things that she had that she, she was special that she couldn't walk. She had her, even when she was a little girl, she convinced her daughter that like the daughter would be like, well, you know, I don't need the wheel, like I don't need this stuff like i'm fine it's like no honey you have to like you have to fake it mm -hmm. whole life free trips to disney world free make a wish kids shit tons of medical bills paid for their house was paid for by uh like the community and the church all their living expenses covered you know it's fucked up and what you know spoiler alert what eventually happens is the daughter learns about all this shit being sheltered her whole life and ends up stabbing her mom to death and running away with her boyfriend. Right. Who had his own plethora of issues. Right. And then she ended up serving time. I think she's still in jail. Um, or maybe she got out. Can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. I think she got out, but don't quote me on that. Yeah. I don't know. I think What, she, this is being recorded? Yeah. Oh, crap. I don't know if she... I don't know. That sentence was a little harsh. I know she murdered somebody, mm. but... Yeah. All the abuse she suffered? Yeah. Seems like a, seems like a mitigant. A little bit. But hey... We weren't the lawyers in that case. But I think she took a deal. Like I think she took like a plea deal or something. Probably. She probably just pled guilty to it. Yeah. Why fight it? Yeah. You know? Right. She I mean, she like admits to what she did. Yeah. Uh, but wouldn't you say though that with Munchausen's, like if if you're the sufferer, right, right. It, it is the you know, like with 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 Dee Dee. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was she seemed like she was in it for for like financial gain. Or something. 
she wanted to get something out of it. For sure. But a lot of people who have Munchausen's... And the sympathy this is a big part of it. Right. They don't necessarily have a goal other than they want you to see them as ill. They want you to see them as being like physically troubled. Yeah, but I think it's they want that attention. Yeah. They desire the stuff you get from it. Right. Which, I mean, maybe, you know, he... It seems like to me, though, he's doing it to get out of trouble, which maybe that's a part of Manchausen's as well. I don't know. Although, think about this, Art. He shows up in Nuremberg, a nobody. Suddenly, he's the toast of the town. He's going, like, Lord Stanhope, <laughs> yeah. uh, von Feuerbach, who is the head of the Bavarian like appeals court, uh, Professor Dahmer. Like, he's, he's rubbing elbows with... Uh, the Bavarian elites. Oh, and to rub elbows with the Bavarian elite. I mean, are you kidding me? All those I mean, pretzels. Yeah. He was probably making sweet love to plenty of Bavarians, getting the classic Bavarian cream pie. God. I don't think he was fucking nobody. <laughs> he died a virgin. Yeah. <laughs> Loser. That's the that's Art's verdict. <laughs> Uh, case closed. Case closed. Died a virgin. That's what we're trying to. That's this whole podcast, right? We're trying to figure <laughs> out who's a virgin. How much did he get laid? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, but I'm just saying he got benefits out of it. He I mean, did. He You're had right. nice. He had nice lodgings. Uh, he was probably like dressed in nice clothing and all this stuff. Still, to me, I feel like the end. It's like, yeah, that maybe is the catalyst, but like he's still a little trickster. He's oh, a for little sure. Little Dennis the Menacey. Uh, he's a little that that little fucking guy. He just kind of he just kind of shows up. And he's like, hey, and everyone's like, everyone's like, hey, how'd that fucking guy get here? And they're like, I don't know. Hey, he's just here. He's not like a threat or anything. He's just kind of here. Right. You know, he's like he's like a little. Uh, we have like a mutual acquaintance. Let's call him uh, Jeremy. And he just kind of shows up. He's like, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. And everyone's kind of like, ah, oh, what's up with that guy? He's here. I guess he's here. I don't know. And then you know. He's going to ha, 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 cha, cha, cha. And then everyone's like, you know, all right, I guess, dude, like, whatever the fuck you want to do, bro. Like, you know, that's how I got to feel. That makes sense. <laughs> I'm trying to think about exactly who Art's referencing here. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, anyway, I know what you mean. I get where you're coming from. <laughs> Here's a thought. Do you think it's funny that a, <laughs> a person in... The early 1800s got treated better than a person today would if they did this. Yeah, if if they're like, well, I guess we'll make him a ward of the state, and he gets to live with all these royal people. I don't know. If Casper Hauser showed up in Chicago today, he would undoubtedly be killed in the <laughs> Cook County Jail. Yeah, like they're like, well, obviously he's of the nobility. I mean, there's no other explanation. No well, one would be this cruel. Yeah, well, I mean, even people that didn't think that the people thought that he was just like. Uh, some abused person it was so they were so fascinated by the mystery of it all um you know there was this there was this thread that didn't really go anywhere that people thought that he was maybe actually from hungary mm. and so lord stanhope takes him on this trip to like all these places in hungary and they're gone for like a very long time looking at places in hungary trying to like spur his memory and he can't remember anything and he like keeps he like Lord Stanhope eventually feels like, like Casper Hauser's lying to him that he's like making all this stuff up as he goes, which is why he moved him to Ansbach because Stanhope had been with him, but then he goes back to England. 
Mm. because he's like tired of this he's like well I'll keep tired being... of this kid's bullshit yeah he's like I'll be still be your custodian but I'm not staying with you I just love how like fascinated everybody is they're like it's like a fucking puzzle yeah like he shows up and they're like we have to figure it out whereas like I feel like when you feel like the like you if if you'd never heard this story before and you said like okay some feral half feral child shows up in a city when you feel like they'd be like ah, fuck throw him in the dungeon get, get out of here Especially like knowing it's like the yeah. early 1800s or whatever. Times weren't time. Well, I don't know. I guess this is like Europe in the 1800s. There's there's this nobility, this noble class. This isn't like America in the 1800s where there's like war and it's hardship everywhere. Yeah, there's still war and hardship in England, but I feel like they have a more. They're more established because they've been around for a lot longer than America. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is strange though. I don't think that it's like what would happen today. I don't know. I get yeah, you just become a ward I mean, of the, the city. The story though would undoubtedly do the same thing where there would be a lot of like police interest because well, we have better DNA. They'd be, testing. They'd be like, well, obviously, the, a crime was committed. If if right. your story is factual, a crime was committed. Like this is like severely neglectful, and somebody needs to be held accountable yeah, for the child abuse, abuse that you suffered. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I just find it fun. <laughs> just... It is a pretty good setup, though. This guy had it fucking made. Yeah. <laughs> and he messed it all up. Didn't eat that ham and beer. Yeah. Free ham and free beer. He just only ate bread and water. That's fucked up. Yeah. There's no way to live. Yeah. Um. The idea of him being nobility, what do you think? It kind of checks out. Like, you have the bastard that no one wants to know about or like he's uh he's some noble like you know we 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 did a episode on the romanovs mm -hmm. you know and it's like oh this person could have been the romanovs this person it's like what if he's just some escaped nobleman nobleman's son you know and uh i don't know i could see it give a little bit to it i just doesn't I don't know. It just doesn't jive for me, to be honest with you. Yeah. I don't feel that as a good possibility. I, it just feels like if you're, a, if you're a European noble and you have a child that you're trying to hide away, you could just send them somewhere else. You don't yeah. have to pay, you know, have somebody confine him in a hole in the ground. That seems like, yeah, you're going out of your way. That's that's aggressive. <laughs> that's an act of aggression. But I mean, nobility throughout history have done some pretty fucked up shit. They've done a lot of fucked up shit. <laughs> but at that point, it's like, why not just kill him? Yeah, just have him killed. Yeah, hang him. You know. Yeah. Or yeah. I mean, you don't have to. I mean, especially if it's a baby, keep him alive and lock him in a hole. <laughs> right. I mean, it's like uh, the way the story, the timeline plays out is he's born in April. In October, he goes. To live with this guy. So, also, it's like, I, I mean, the stories of his confinement, I just, I don't find it very believable. Yeah. Because, okay, so you had a six-month-old baby that you just dropped in a hole and gave it bread and water? <laughs> I, how did that work? Yeah. Uh, left it in a straw bed? I mean... This baby probably sh would have died, and also... Oh, easily. It would have... The baby would have never... I mean, all Babies this stuff is die right. from... Not having neglect. <laughs> no, from having neglect. Right. You know what I mean. 
Unless you smother them with love. <laughs> and they can also die. <laughs> no, but isn't that true that like, um, well, there there are people who are like, you know, they're like, well, no one ever hugged me or showed me any love for the first six years of my life. So that's why I'm a serial killer or whatever, right? Yeah, like, babies need affection. I mean, it's- They literally need it to survive. But I think babies can die literally from like, not having anyone hold them or not having anyone, you know, play with them and do shit with I them. I think that's true, Art, that some babies can get so anxious that it, it you know, yeah, because they have no affection. Right. Because babies, babies have a need to be cared for. And they need, that's how you, that's when you develop your earliest sense of trust is because when you cry as an infant, Somebody comes and takes care of you. Right. So if nobody comes and takes care of you when you cry, then you start to develop a sense that nobody can be trusted, that people will never help you. You don't develop this bond with a caretaker when you're young. And so some babies, I think that it's it's like an anxiety thing that they cry and cry and cry. They get so anxious. Their little bodies are fragile. And think about it. That... That hole isn't temperature controlled. No. Fucking only, freeze to death. Only temperature controlled by the earth. Like, how deep <laughs> is it, though? I mean, sure. I mean, I don't get it. I mean, I to me, it just, that doesn't add up because surely his body would be a disaster because he would not be able to walk. Right. How could he have walked so far that his boots, his feet pop out of his boots and his toes are bloodied? You know, he walked so far that all that happened, like he wouldn't be able to. His muscles would be completely atrophied. We've seen examples of real child neglect and, you know, in modern day, and it's like the children don't develop. Yeah. They can't speak, and they're like, they have the mental capacity of uh, like a vegetable. Right, exactly. I, he wouldn't He wouldn't probably have had any words. Right. He exhibits odd behavior, but... I don't know he, what he exhibits fucking quirky baby. He's like a quirky but bo- he's like a quirky bohemian. It's like, "Oh, ho, ho, look at me. I'm going to capture this fire." No, horse, no, horse. Bavarian, horse, horse. But he's Bavarian. Yeah. Not bohemian. What? <laughs> Cute. <laughs> uh, but um I guess where I'm going with this is that I'm going to shoot myself with a pistol. Ha ha. I'm so quirky. I'm a I'm Bavaria's version of Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, the Look 19th century version of a quirky. I'm a pixie dream girl. Ha ha ha, I'm so cute. It's me, Casper Hauser, the pixie dream girl of Bavaria. I was born in a hole. Look at me, take shits. Watch me, people. Watch me poop. <laughs> um, yeah, I... Uh, that kind of behavior, it's, it's, it's interesting. But yes, I, I mean, but, he could push but, it up a little bit. Where's the heightening? <laughs> That's the thing is that, you know, it's like people are so fascinated with him. Like, oh, he only eats bread and water. Oh, <laughs> when he sees, when he looks in a mirror, he looks behind the mirror. He thinks somebody's looking at him. Oh, he tried to grab a candle by the flame. He thinks the grandfather clock is alive. Boy. It's like, that's all stuff you could fake. Yeah. And if you, if you were a person who knew what you were doing, that would probably be good stuff to fake because people would be like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. Oh, that's, you know, it's not like he did. And this was the 1800s. So people thought anytime you went outside the social norms, it was. What is he doing? <laughs> well, I never. <laughs> oh, well, I never. 
Was, was ist, ist das? Was ist das? Was ist das? Oh, he's acting like Zoidational. <lacht> With his cute bangs and his quirky mannerisms playing a ukulele. <lacht> oh, a sense of knowledge of the velvet underground. Was? So quirky. The Velvet Underground meant something much different in 19th Very century different. Germany. Very different. <laughs> uh, look at him asking Siri for tomato juice. What? And Zueza. You don't remember that commercial? No. It's like when Siri was first introduced on the iPhone and they were running commercials for Siri as like the big selling point for the new iPhone. And one of them was Zoe Deschanel. And she's like walking around her house and like, The house is decorated like a fucking, you know, like a hipster would have, like a hipster Zoe Deschanel would have it. And she's like, Siri, what's the weather outside? It's like raining. And then she's like, ask Siri to play some obscure jazz music. And she's like, Siri, where can I get tomato soup? And it's just like, it's just so quirky. And uh, I don't know. I guess I do remember this commercial. She's like in pajamas. Yeah. Anyway. Casper Hauser is a fucking... Siri was the servant at the captain's house. <laughs> the cavalry captain's house. Um, I mean, you know, Andy, I've had my verdict ready for a while. I don't know if there's any other main points you want to bring up and discuss here. Uh, I want to discuss the... Yeah. I want to discuss the possibility that Casper had a mixture of stuff going on. Mm, maybe. That he could have had... He could have had a couple of mental disorders, maybe an undiagnosed medical condition. Maybe he was legitimately abused, which led him to suffer some of these things. Maybe yeah. not as severely as he says. I but- think if it's a mixture, it's pretty diluted. And uh, it's mostly a mixture of probably abuse and being a trickster. How how much blame do we give him, though, if he's suffering from delusions? That's, that is the philosophical question that I don't know how to answer. Do you say that, yes, he's a liar because he's deluded? Or do you say he's deluded, therefore he can't be a liar because he believes that this is the truth? It's like serial killers or any criminal, right? Like, yes. a lot of them have horrible abuse in their past. Yes. Like you look at like a Ed Gein, right? Yes. Abused. Terribly sure. abused. Uh, um, well, Ed Gein wasn't that abused. I guess that's a bad example. Um, you're thinking of uh, Ed Gein is kind of like Jeffrey Dahmer, where he's just sort of neglected right. a little bit. Well, I mean, Ed Gein just, nobody, nobody respected his mental illness. Well... <sighs> I guess serial killers is a bad example because they usually are like there's there's a world of abuse and neglect. And then there's also like they start exhibiting antisocial. Ed like, Kemper. Yeah. Yeah. I guess he was kind of his mother was very abusive to him. Right. right? And then that led him to kill his grandparents. Right. <laughs> so, you know, do you do you absolve the guy of his crimes? No, he still did terrible things. Mm-hmm. But it's like, who's really at fault here? What's Casper Hauser's crime, though? Right. He's an innocent child. He hurt himself. He didn't hurt anybody else. Yeah. You know, you could say, well, he's a liar. It's not necessarily a crime to lie. And according to you, he hurt the reputation of Snidely Whiplash. I just want Snidely Whiplash to get his due. (laughs) Clearly, that was the bad guy here. (laughs) You're such a Dudley do-right. You're wearing bright red now, too. Yeah, I'm a Mountie. Yeah. Um, I think that it's telling though that there were there were no there were no other footprints in the Hofgarten. 
I mean, yeah. Clearly, what the situation is is that when Casper Hauser was too weak to stab himself, Jesus stabbed him for him. When you look in the sand and there's only one set of footprints and a horrible stab wound. That's you know. the only thing I could think of when I first read that. Uh, but I mean, the fact that there's no other footprints, like to me, that kind of seals the deal that he he stabbed himself and he got he got too deep because he stabbed actually up into his heart. What an idiot! So he like he 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 stabbed himself in the heart. Dummy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess you're right. You know, there's, there's probably some mental abuse there as well. And it's like, maybe I don't want to rule out the possibility Allegedly. that some people are, are just born with, with mental conditions. True. You don't necessarily have, I mean, abuse exacerbates that. Some stuff. people are born tricksters. That's true. He could have been a little sea urchin, uh, a little, actually, little street urchin. Deception and trickery is the sign of a healthy developing brain in a child. That's, that, that is a terrible twos. It's a skill that must be learned by children. It shows that children understand that there are boundaries and they're willing to test the boundaries to see what they can get away with. If you don't have proper policing on the boundaries as a child, you start to lose sight of the boundaries. Right. You, you think it's okay. You start. That's when. That's when your behavior can really get out there because you you lose whatever are the social mores of your time, whatever the guardrails are supposed to be. They don't exist for you. There are, you know, children who grow up in abusive homes where they have to learn how to lie to survive. Mm -hmm. They learn that very quickly. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this in the past about growing up in a strict household and how right. you think it's going to teach you like to be good and have good grades, but really it just teaches you how to lie and listen for footsteps really well. Right. Uh, in the same way, if you grow up in a very abusive home where, you know, your parents hit you if they find out you did something that isn't even wrong, but it's... Mm -hmm. You know, you learn to lie and then that becomes mm -hmm. really difficult for the child to understand like, oh, I can't lie. Like lying is wrong. And it's just, yeah, you're right. That that whole area becomes clouded. Yeah, you're very right. He could have grown up as a street rat running around the streets of Bavaria. Yeah. And uh, he had to learn to lie to survive. And he just pulled the greatest con of all. Yeah. Although. See, part of me feels like getting on a podcast this hundreds of years later. To, we should all be so lucky to have <laughs> anyone talk about us 200 years after we're dead. Uh, part of, This is part of the reason that I don't, I'm not necessarily believing that he's completely just a liar though. Right. Right? Is because if he was a liar, okay, at, at Dahmer's house, maybe he cuts himself with a razor blade. That's pretty superficial. That'll heal. You know that's going to heal. Wrestlers have done that for years. But it leaves a mark. It leaves blood. It makes a dramatic appearance if you lay on the floor on your back and there's a gash in your forehead and it's bleeding. People will go, oh my God. When they walk in, nobody goes, well, that doesn't look that bad. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know. You got to go for it. The initial reaction is like, oh. You got to commit. Right. And so he does that. Then he hurts himself in the head. Again, that's a superficial wound, but he discharges a pistol. Oh, I got shot in the head. And then, you know, the next step, he takes it too far. So to me, it's kind of like, I don't know. The, there's a ramp up of it that to you're me, right. yeah, I see what you're at saying. At the end, it, he already knew how to hurt himself in a way that would make. But stabbing yourself is such an extreme ramp up. You have to have some level of there has to be some level of mental like disconnect in order to 
cause self harm on that level. Right. Yes. Did think he about go too far. Yes. Probably. Right. But even just to plunge the knife into your belly. Right. You have to. Uh, not most most people aren't going to do that. Just no. to get attention. Just for sympathy. You're right. Yeah, I see what you're saying. That that's a good point. Um, the 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 level of uh, you know. Yeah, it's extreme. Right. That's a good point. It's a good point. Mm, well, I think I'm. Uh, point, I think I know where Art was going to go with this. I think maybe. Well, maybe I don't. I'm, I don't think you do. I think I'm. I think I'm. I think I'm Meryl Streep here, and I'm putting a little bit of doubt into your your winning Academy Awards. I don't mm. understand. You just see that movie Doubt? No. About uh, the Catholic. I doubt it. Priest. <laughs> Thought I've seen that. <laughs> okay. Well, then you don't get that reference. We're having fun here. Uh, listeners, if you get that reference, let us know. <laughs> Tweet at us. Use no the doubt. hashtag doubt. No, wait, no doubt. No doubt or doubt. Whatever. Either one. If you get it, say doubt. If you don't get it, say no doubt. <laughs> we'll know. We'll get what you mean. We definitely won't think you're talking about the band. And don't provide any other text, just the hashtag. <laughs> uh, all right, Andy, are you ready to get to our verdicts Let's here? Let's get to our verdicts here. Do you want to go first? Yeah. Okay, go first. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. I think I was slightly swayed by you, but I oh. still think I'm going to have to say, well, how about I just encapsulate it into one little package? Let's, let's just judge it on the merits of Casper Hauser's story. Let's do use that I as think the he was born of nobility? No, I do not. Case closed. Case closed. Ooh, okay. Do I think he was a possibly mentally ill trickster? Mm -hmm. With, I'm going to say, leaning more towards him being a trickster with a dash of... <laughs> <laughs> He's a trickster with a sprinkle of uh, <laughs> mental illness. Yeah. Or maybe I don't know. Maybe the other way. Or I, I think I think the trickster. But part. you think he's mostly a liar. Yeah. Okay. Highly plausible. Okay. Oh. Oh. But not case confirmed. Not case confirmed. Oh. Okay. Live a little over You're living because the ratios could be off. Right. Oh. Know, I don't know. Oh, okay. I see. They did all that mitochondrial DNA testing too, and it's like you know, fucking. It wasn't conclusive. Who the fuck had to store his underwear for two hundred years? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they got his underwear. That was uh, that testing in '96 was allegedly done by the German magazine Der Spiegel, and so I don't know how they got a hold of his underwear. The stuff that they tested in 2002 was like a shirt and some like some accessories, like a locket or like they had some of his hair or something that they had you know retained in in some other thing, <laughs> which. Uh Yes, ring ring. Hello, hello. Yes, it is me from the Dersh. What is the name of this magazine publication? <laughs> Der Spiegel. Der Spiegel magazine. Um, I was wondering, is this the place where I can get a pair of Casper Hauser's underwear? Oh, thank you for finally calling. I've been holding on to his underwear for two hundred years. <laughs> I've been writing Der Spiegel every day for the last. <laughs> Finally, 150 years. I can serve mine purpose. And he just crumbles into dust. <laughs> Hands the underwear over. The underwear are delivered and then... It's like Obi-Wan Kenobi yeah. on the Death Star. Yeah. The clothes just fall to the floor. That's fucked up. Uh, Use yeah. your underwear, Caspa. 
Anyway, uh, I'm going to go highly plausible that he's a mentally ill. How about, a, you know what, ratios? Fuck the ratios. Mentally ill trickster. I'm just going to say. Okay. Highly, highly plausible. Okay. You know. Okay. I don't know what I'm leaving room for. Honestly, I probably should just say case confirmed, to be honest with you. Like, I don't know what I'm leaving room for. <laughs> I don't know either. I think I think that you feel more compelled by the royal story than I do. You, no, not really even. But I think you I think you do though. You think you because the mitochondrial DNA testing was not definitive because it does leave wiggle room. There's still the possibility that Casper Hauser could be a descendant of Stephanie uh, de Beauharnais. Yeah, and I mean like maybe they just were like, "All right, get rid of him." And they just threw him out. We don't fucking know. He could have lived in an orphanage. The thing that a lot of people go on is that Stephanie was unable to see the baby when it was born. She was unconscious yeah. when the baby was born. And so they think that they could switch it. But to me, the royal family's there. Right. His father, grandfather, grandmother, doctors, nurses. Everybody's in on this plot by Leopold's mother. The countess, they called her the white lady. I mean, I'm not buying it, frankly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I don't know. And like I said, royal people had wealth. They wouldn't have to put a kid in a hole at six months old. I don't believe that. But I do believe that maybe they could have just thrown him out. Eh, maybe. On the yeah. streets. Or given him away. Sure. Because I, I, I don't find it compelling. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what I'm leaving room for, to be that's honest what, with That's you. it, I think. I don't think that's it. But okay, it might well, that's be. what I feel like it is. And I'm going to go to my grave thinking that. All right. Until you articulate it better. Well, I'll show up and I'll read your epitaph. Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> At the funeral where my body won't be. Yeah, because it won't be donated to a... My super fit, hunky body. <laughs> I got fit two days before I died. <laughs> All right, Andy. Your fucking verdict. All right. I think I know what you're going to say. Yeah, I think it's probably obvious by now what I'm going to say. Um. Yeah, Casper Hauser's version of events exactly as he's portrayed them. Case closed. It's not that. Right. That's 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 a myth. Liar. Um do I think Casper Hauser is just a liar? No. I think Ooh. uh I think that where Ooh. I go is I go case confirmed. Ooh. I'm going to see you're highly plausible and go case confirmed. Casper Hauser is a mentally ill trickster. Uh, again, if we throw the ratios out and we don't worry about how mentally ill is he and how whatever, yeah, like he did lie. Yeah. And I think that that's clear. Like the letters to me, I mean, it's weird, right? For sure. And I think that's a key thing. The letters clearly don't match the story. I don't think that his physical state matches the story. Right. I don't find the royal aspect very compelling at all because the accounts don't support it. Even people in the 1870s were like, this is stupid. This doesn't make sense. And the mitochondrial DNA testing is interesting, but, you know, it's one of those things. Like, it's a common sequence for all people who are German. Maybe any German person would almost be a match to Stephanie de Beauharnais. And plus, you can't rule out that there are, you know, mutations and stuff. But still, I just don't find it that compelling. I, like I said, I think that royals would handle this differently. Yeah, you're not saying de Beauharnais. You're saying de Beauharnais. De Beauharnais. Boo. <laughs> boo. I was saying boo <laughs> So, to me, 
case confirmed. Oh, Casper okay. Hauser had was was a liar. Wow. Casper Hauser also, I think, had some kind of mental illness. Yeah. Whether that, I mean, I can't diagnose him. Right. Nobody whether it's can. epilepsy. Whether, whether it's, it's Munchausen. Munchausen's. He had something that some kind of weird abuse. He had delusions. He made stuff up. Right. He probably crafted these letters to try to fool people. He probably dressed in weird clothes and hurt his own feet just to make this story plausible. Podiatrists hate him. <laughs> What's his one secret? <laughs> Click here to find out. Click here to find out. <laughs> so he probably just made all this stuff up. Yeah. And, you know, he got he got a lot out of it, but then eventually people started to get wise to him. And so he had to keep going and ch- trying to do stuff to, like, he had to get new people. Yeah. And then he went too far, which I think, again, supports that there's probably some mental illness because he went way too far. Yeah. Because he could have, he could have, he could have just like sliced himself. Right. He didn't have to go so deep. Or brick a bone. Yeah. Or something. Like, why do you yeah. got to keep cutting yourself? Or just, you know, hit yourself in the head. Like, you could, you know, there's all kinds of stuff you can do to hurt yourself. Yeah. Like, you could, you could set yourself on fire. Yeah. Uh, you could, uh, you could, um, uh, watch replays of our second city auditions. <laughs> That'll hurt you. Watch any improv show that we were in <laughs> while we were still taking classes. Yeah. And immediately after. And for the last still 10 years. Today, yeah. yeah. Uh, that'll hurt you. Listen to this podcast. <laughs> You're all practicing self harm right now. <laughs> God. 2020, the year of self harm. Um, Andy, I think, you know, I lean more towards what you've said than what I said. Wow, I'm convincing him. You know. I'm winning him over. I don't really know why I fucking had highly plausible, to be honest with you. That's the royal thing. You like it. I don't know. I don't know if I do. You kind of, you, it's it's gotcha. It's got hooks in you. Royals. I'm a lord fan. You are my lord and savior. Listeners, that was our verdict on this Casper Hauser story mystery. Let us know what you think. Did we get it right? Did we get it wrong? Use the hashtag... Casper, how's your mom? <laughs> Tweet at us at Mr. Bunker Pod. DM us on Instagram at Mr. Bunker Pod. Email us, Mr. Bunker Pod at gmail.com. Subscribe on YouTube. We have a YouTube. We don't have a channel yet, but just search. We don't have like a channel URL yet. Like you don't get that until you get like a certain number of subscribers. Just look for Mr. Bunker Pod. Just look for Mr. Bunker Pod. You'll find us. You'll find it. Uh, and let us know what you think. Andy. Uh, one second. Oh, uh, you're okay? Art's yeah. gone into a trance. Um, Andy, is there anything else you want to add to this this crazy little story? Um, <laughs> no. I think we said it all. Um, all right. Well, I guess... You should get out of the fucking bunker then. <laughs> Time to go home. Uh, for the uh, listeners, thank you again once again for listening. You know, thanks. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. If you let, you know what? Uh, 2019 was a great year and we hope 2020 is going to be even better and we appreciate you. Yeah, you're doing awesome stuff. Yeah. So anyway, for the uh, titular Mr. Bunker and for my big hearted, mm. get that checked out. <laughs> uh, it's a little enlarged. Co-host. Andy Hart. I'm Arthur Stone saying that was the whole enchilada. Yummy.
A news story gets shared by a friend on social media, or you catch a tweet that really makes your blood boil. But how do you separate fact from fiction? That's the premise behind Disinformation, a 10-part series from Evergreen Podcasts and Emergent Risk International coming this fall. Tune in to Disinformation wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, don't believe everything you read.